Good morning, everybody. Let me see if I can do this from here. I doubt it. I cannot. Okay. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Happy, happy Tuesday. It's been a minute. You guys, it's been a few minutes for me. I didn't do anything on Friday, Saturday, yesterday. I've been a little tash buzzy with some things, some personal things. So nothing to, nothing too crazy. But it was all God approved. And that's all that matters. So you guys, where I'm at, I'm going to share with you is it's supremely cold. It's actually not that cold. But it's pretty cold to some people. I think we had negative 20 this weekend. It was pretty bitter. But when the sun shines and it sparkles across that snow, it's really pretty. And you got you can't help but love it. You're just like, okay, it's not that bad. So it's pretty cold here. Um, so I hope everybody gets to enjoy snow at least once in their life. But I know for me... I would love a house on the beach one day. One day, you guys. So I'm going to go back. I have to take you back, you guys. We got to go back. We got to go back to chapter 24 in Matthew because we're in Matthew chapter 24. Who is he talking to? I didn't even look back myself. Okay, so the disciples and Jesus were walking around and the disciples are like, look, Jesus, look at these temples, look at these buildings. And he's like, assuredly, I say to you, and you guys, I highlighted this because later on, the Pharisees tried using this against Jesus like he was going to destroy the temples. And he goes, this ain't going to matter. Assuredly, I say to you, these will not last. And they don't. Material things in this world never last. Money food none of that none of that will ever be everlasting this world will perish one day one day there probably isn't going to be an earth i mean look at us mankind we're just self-destructive i mean think about it are we going to be able to keep earth up as it is are we going to be able to reverse the damage i mean is enough of us going to care or just one day is the earth just going to kind of burn to the ground to nothing to the core um, but what is everlasting and is a more, as morbid as that is, you guys, that is the truth. When you really think about it, one day there may not be an earth. There are temples, uh, you know, down in Mexico, there's, there's nothing but crumbles left. Um, what was it? The, um, the white rhino. I had a post about that. There's no more albino rhinos left. Things are dying away. These great creations that we thought we held so dearly, they're, they're dying away. And that's what Jesus meant by this. One day it'll be nothing. And the only thing left will be God and his word. And that is the truth, you guys. So he's telling the disciples, you need to be prepared. You know, and you're going to be speaking in my name and people are going to want to persecute you. They're going to want to hate you. They're going to call me forward. I'm going to die. They're going to kill me. Um, 
and he's just preparing them. And then there was some stuff in here that seemed like it was coming out of Revelations, and it looks like some of it's tagged out of Revelations. Um, but just the signs of the end of the world when Jesus is coming, when everything will be gone. You know, and he made a reference, and this one was quite, it, it triggered me. But as the days of Noah, so also will be coming of the Son of Man will be. But before that, it says, But of the days and hours no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but only my Father. But as the days of Noah were, also will be the coming of the Son. He's saying, be prepared. You don't know when God's going to come and get you. You have no idea. You don't know. You don't. There's children that die every day. Some of them, their parents never introduced them to God. And I'm not saying introduce them to church. Introduce them to God. There's a great difference. There's a difference between sending your child to church and, and expecting somebody else to raise them up in the Word of God versus you, the parent, I, the parent, raising your child up in God. There's a big difference. I started realizing that I now raise my children up in the word of God myself the way God is guiding me. I don't rely on other people to do it. I want it done the way God is guiding me to do it. And it's quite interesting, you guys. So before I get into chapter 25, I will share with you. My daughter went um, with one of her friends to Mandan and they went to go to her friend's tournament. Um, the hotel that they stayed at had Bibles, which was, you know, quite interesting. And I sent my daughter some money and they went looking through the Bibles and they were going, they left five in one of the Bibles. They just wanted to leave a $5 bill in one of the Bibles. So they get on my page and they're trying to find a verse and they couldn't find one. I don't know why. I must have posted too much stuff. So they eventually left it in somewhere in John. That's all she could tell me. It was somewhere in John. And I'm like, oh. Why should be John chapter 13? <laughs> but you guys, the reason I share this is because I'm raising my children up in the Word of God by living the way of the Word of God. And in living the way of the Word of God, my children are doing these random, unconditional acts of love. Because see, what truly was aspiring through this I'm sorry, you guys, my heater kicked on, and normally I turn it off when I do this so because I it, the noise bothers me. Um, it's annoying. Anyway, uh, what truly aspired through my daughter, she's starting to live from the heart, and when you live from the heart, God will live through you. God was working through her because she's surrendering more and more to living through her heart and knowing that it's good. This is a good thing. It feels good. God was working through her to leave that five in a particular place because somebody's going to come along in that hotel, pick up that particular Bible, and be it searching. They will be searching for something, for something. They will not only find money, but in the point where she put it in the Bible, they're going to find a passage that God will be speaking to them. But he used my daughter. How beautiful is that? How beautiful for my daughter to tell me that. And I was just like, what 
which passage I just wanted to know so bad, but God's like, you don't need to know everything, Christine. It's the way God is. I don't need to see the bigger picture. I just need to be happy that my daughter did such a thing. So I want to share that with you. There's a difference. There's a difference in expecting other people to raise your children with moral integrity and doing it yourself. I see so many posts. Good morning. I see so many posts of parents going, schools should teach children how to farm, how to grow a garden, how to, what was the other one? I just saw it. All of a sudden it was like we're expecting the schools to raise our children for us. Why don't the teachers just have our children for us too? It's up to us, us the parents have to be teaching our children by example. We have to be the role models. This has been a topic I've been on for quite a bit because I see we were in this discussion the other day at work and I did I know it upsets the people at my job. I know it does because I say it. Our children are a reflection of our behaviors. If there's something going on in the home, we were discussing because there was something that happened in the town that I live in. There was an issue between a 16-year-old girl and a grown adult man. There was some women who wanted to shame the 16 year old girl for her actions and wanted to see her held accountable she was only 16 and my words were where did the 16 year old girl learn that this behavior was correct where were her parents where was some guidance and us women want to come along and cut her down at 16 Children learn these toxic behaviors from somebody that they love, that is near to them. So the 16-year-old girl who had some pretty poor choices was learning it from somebody and other women wanted to attack her. But the thing is they weren't seeing that she learned it. She was learning this behavior from somewhere. She had a lack of parenting within the home. She had a lack of structure. She had a lack of something from within the home. So that's where that came from. It's been an interesting interesting week you guys so we're just going to begin in chapter 25 and i have no idea what's coming next it's a lot of words in red so i might cut it in half so it goes then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom i'm going to give you guys a backdrop on this back in the day it was the groom who chose when they were going to get married he chose everything. He chose the dress, the people coming, when it was happening, the food. The groom took care of everything. The bride just had to be prepared to be presented to him at the altar. You know, without blemishes or wrinkles. That's the way it was done back in the days. Now, five of them were wise. Five of these virgins. Five of the ten, right? Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. So what happened was they had to wait. Here was the thing. It wasn't on. It's not like today where the bride is the bridezilla and she gets it her way. It wasn't that way. Guess what? The bridegroom. The, or the groom, he got held up, and guess what? You're going to wait for him. So they did. They had to wait. There was no set time. 
They had to wait for him. So 10 of these virgins who um, were supposed to be presenting the bride, um, five of them were foolish and they packed no oil for their lamps. They were just like, oh, you know what? We're just gonna, we don't have to plan nothing. They didn't plan, they didn't think ahead. And the other ones were like, we don't mind carrying the extra weight. We're going to pack extra oil just in case. We don't know what's gonna happen. It's not on our time. So guess what? They had to wait for this bridegroom and that happened back in them days. That's why there was five wise ones. So they, they all had to sleep and wait. And then they, there was a cry out at night and this does happen. It was time, it was time. The bridegroom was ready to get married. Everybody get up. Then those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, no, lest there should be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy yourselves. While they went to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went with him to the wedding and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to no one he gave five talents and another two and another one to each according to his ability and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded them and made another five talents. Talents. It must be an exchange of money like um, a Daenerys. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who received one went and dug into the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled, according, settled accounts with them. But he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, said, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He got, I'm realizing a lot of things. All of a sudden it was just like... He also who received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to them, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you would be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reaped where I had not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed, but you ought to have deposited my money with the bank and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest therefore take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents but to anyone everyone who has more will be given and he who has abundance 
I got to re-say that. But for everyone who has more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does have, even what he has will be taken away. I want to stop there because where I really, where my mind is going, he's trying, this is in very deep parables. If you can't be trusted with the little things, you can't be trusted with the big things. Comes down, let's start with the, the 10 virgins, the five unwise ones. They're sitting there just being, oh, well, and then expecting other people to help them out. Oh, I've been this person. Oh, oh. I'm speaking about myself in this. Okay, if you're not going to be wise, don't expect other people to help you. And guess what? The lesson was, you're late. You're late. You should have planned ahead accordingly. If I can't trust you with the little things, you know, you're, you're late. I'm not letting you in now. Same for the kingdom of heaven. You can't wait until the hour is at hand and suddenly go, I need to go back and apologize for every little thing I did. This is what I was talking about last week. When so many of us want to wait until we're on our deathbed. And then we want to go, oh, all these people I need to apologize to. You will feel it. You will feel this burning urge to seek out the people you've done wrong. I know because I've been in this position where it drove me mad until I reached every single person I had ever hurt in my life. And I'm not even kidding. I searched on Facebook. I searched far and wide. I didn't care what it took. I spent a long time going back through my life and apologizing for the wrong that I did. And there are things that still come up that every once in a while I'm like, oh, I was wrong. And I have to go back to that person. And I have to seek an, not an apology, but I have to take accountability and, and take responsibility and just apologize. A holy repentance is what it is. Because you don't do it to get an apology. That's the wrong mindset in when doing this. That's not a holy repentance. A holy repentance is going, I did this. I know it was wrong because it's my responsibility. And you explain why you're wrong. And you bear the weight of that responsibility. You do it to take on the weight of the responsibility of that poor choice not because I need an apology there's a difference and that is what he's saying about this uh, ten virgins the five being foolish and the other five being wise the foolish ones you wait until the last hour for something important when you should have prepared you need to be preparing in your life as we all should we should all be preparing and living and correcting ourselves and getting better in this world we have to take on that responsibility. We can't expect others to come in and be like, you're doing that wrong. No, we need to take a moral inventory every day or every week. You need to set that time aside. Or when it comes to you, be like, you know what? I was wrong. And here's the other one. This is what really got me and I kind of lost my mind to it. If God cannot trust you with the little things, he will not trust you with the big things. I have learned this in the last couple of years, okay? God will start you out with the little things. And just like he is doing with this parable, this is a parable. This man gives these servants these coins, this money. He wants to see what you're going to do with it. Are you going to grow it or are you just going to hoard it and keep it to yourself? It's just like the word of God. God has been, I've been serving my way up, okay? 
he wanted to see if he could trust me with the little things. And so I want to say it went back to when I was in jail. What was I going to do with, I got the daily bread book and I would get up every morning and I would read the page. And then it was up to me whether I wanted to pray at breakfast or not. God gave me the choice. What are you going to do with what I'm giving you? Are you going to share it or are you going to keep it with yourself or to yourself? And I remember that was really tough for me in jail because I wasn't liked by many people. Um, I was just different. So I had to step outside of myself and find, be secure in what God was asking me to do. But then it stepped forward into when I got out of jail, I started taking classes and I started growing in the knowledge of God. And I started joining groups and I started to grow. I've started serving my way up. I was learning more. I was being able to help more and not help others with their problems, but just myself because I was changing myself. People saw that growth and around it, they changed as well. To where I'm at this point, you guys, I never hoarded my growth to myself. I was very vulnerable and very open with sharing with everyone around me um, freely, uh, just very honestly, especially through my counseling. Um, and it always was God was the core. And that is what he's trying to say with this. I'm giving you something in your life. God has given us all something. He's given us love. He's given us the heart. He has created us for a purpose to share in this world to make better. We have the opportunity to make things better by changing ourselves. So what are you going to do with it? There are a lot of people, how do I want to put this? I have a lot of things going through my mind right now. Ah, they just hit me in just such a way. There are a lot of people that re receive knowledge and power and they hoard it for selfish gain to grow themselves and they forget about the people around them. But that's not the way it works in the kingdom of God. You have to turn around and think about the people that have been growing with you and always reach your hand out because there's always somebody reaching their hand out in front of you. Just yesterday, I got a call from an old friend, Norm, and I haven't seen him in quite a while. I haven't seen him in months since last year. I couldn't believe it. He wanted me to come over for dinner, and it's like, oh, he never forgets to call and talk to me. And it felt really good that this man who is a pillar in the community doesn't forget about me. And I'm really just, kind of a nobody <laughs> so it felt really good so there's always somebody turning around and reaching out to pull me forward to God as I should be turning around and pulling other people forward with God with the word of God which is eternal so what are you going to do with the things that God gives you and if God can't trust you with the little things and with me it was stepping stones it became about finances when I especially last year 
finances was a big one. How was I going to spend my money? And I had to make sure that I accounted for every single penny. And I really had to be in prayer about it. Was it something I needed? Was it something that was going to serve a purpose? Or was it a waste? Or was I buying something to make myself feel better? Or was this something that would really be good for me? I had to think about that. That was a big one for me. Because if I cannot learn to manage money now, and this is a big one in the world today, if I can't learn to manage money now, how will I ever be able to manage money later on in my life with somebody else? I can, I want to have that skill, but I have to learn it now. So you guys, this is a big one. I'll probably have more to say about it tomorrow because I got a lot of stuff. When I read, when I read this, it just, a lot of stuff went off and I'm probably going to have more to say about it tomorrow. I'm really glad to be back. And just think about it, you guys, the little things. If God can't trust you with the little things in life, if you can't trust yourself with the little things. I just had a coworker. Oh, I'm going to, am I going to, I'm going to. I leave a charger. I leave a phone charger at my work for my, my phone so that I could listen to music. I have one at home and I have one at work and I keep it wrapped up and I keep it in the same spot. One day it disappeared. What? Who took my phone charger? I started asking around, but nobody knew. So I put a note where it was. And eventually it came around. Uh, another coworker goes, Christine, I know who took it. And it was one of the housekeepers. She just picked it up and took it. And I asked him, why did she do that? It wasn't hers. She doesn't even have an Apple phone. He goes, I don't know why she took it, Christine. And all I could think was, but that's stealing. It wasn't yours. You leave it there. There's so much stuff here. Why would you pick up something that's not yours? That's all I could think. Why would you pick up something that's not yours and take it home with you? That's stealing. Like, do I have to worry about my things? Do I have to worry about things? But it took me a second to have to step back. I really had to step back because I was really angry about it. I'm not like that. And I realized that she was brought up in a way that that was okay in their family. That's okay. That's allowed. They don't consider it stealing. They think it's okay. So I had to think about it. And it's something that I have to approach her with as hopefully something to teach her. Because attacking her is not going to help her grow in any way. This is where it's I turn around and I stick my hand out and I show her the right way because she thinks it's okay. She's done it before and I never thought much of it until this moment. But that's a big one if you can't trust somebody with the little things, just like God, how can you trust them with the big things? It's like serving your way up. This is a big one, you guys. I'll probably have more to say tomorrow. So I love you. Thank you guys for stopping by and God bless.